You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Thank you. <laughs> What's going on in real estate this week, guys? Man, I don't know, Chris, if you've read the, uh, well, we've both been living it, but the uh, numbers came out for September and absolutely shocking. The, the um, housing numbers are like our spring numbers. Um, houses coming on the market, houses going pending, houses selling. Um, was probably one of the busiest Septembers since the early 2000s, you guys. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's not just like, oh, we're up 5%. It's like we killed it. And the whole industry felt it. I mean, we everything that was listing um, that was priced fair was was obviously multiple offer selling. Some of the properties, you know, in unique situations, you know, where there's um, and and maybe they weren't, but for the most part, record setting pace. And I just think you know, there's some people that were trying to you know, and I, I caught myself doing it too, where I was saying, hey, you better beat the election just for that little slowdown we get. But you know, we ran the numbers on that too. And historically, during election years, the, uh, you know, in November, sales will slow down anyway, right? Well, during election years, they're usually 12% slower than a normal year. And they're anticipating this year to be around 15% slower. But then December, doesn't matter who gets elected, um, with low interest rates, you know, unemployment still going down, and uh, people finding that they need new things with housing, we're going to see solid numbers right through the end of the year and into next spring, I think, for sure. Do you think that uh, these these predictions are right, too, that home prices are going to continue rising as we go into 2021? Home values? Yes, yeah, I'll tell you on that. You just never, you just don't know. Um, I get my, I, I think we're, I don't think we're going to go down, but I don't know how much we're going to just keep going up. It, it obviously depends on what type of inventory is out there. And I think that's, I mean, obviously the rates are amazing, but uh, Andy, the inventory makes a big difference. What'd you say, Andy? Could you show that slide one more time quickly? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So so what we're seeing here, I wanted to show, Chris, you uh, probably don't have the, the your eyes on this, but there's a chart that showed, you know, the next 12 months of forecasting, like who's um, forecasting what. And everything from, you know, the Mortgage Bankers Association all the way to Zillow are projecting anywhere from a 3.4% to a 7%. And historically, guys, you know, real estate kind of bumps along around that 3 to 4% is very historical, very normal. Um, you know, that that's that's where we like to see it. Now, when you're up at 7%, like Zillow's projecting, that's showing that that's that 85 miles an hour I was talking about. That's too fast. That's that's where a market's appreciating faster than you're getting raises. Like I said, this chart should also reflect everybody's annual raise. And, you know, unless interest rates are going to go down, which they can't, um, you know, I mean, my gosh, they're, they're as low as they can get. Um, now you're looking at when houses start going up, it'll start capping the market on who can afford what. So, you know, we do want to see things kind of, in my opinion, um, just to balance out that market a little bit, get back down to that 3 4% appreciation for a couple of years to level us out until we really know what's going on with this pandemic. And I know people, God, I hope it, I hope not a couple of years we need to solve this pandemic. Don't say that Andy. 
Well, I did get an email yesterday from one of the event producers that uh, we follow, and they are projecting that every live event, major live event in 2021 is about to be canceled and that we won't have live events in terms of like uh, trade shows and um, things like that. Those will all be canceled for 2021, and we won't see any of those again until 2022. Well, so where, where are we supposed to misbehave and go act like fools away from our families? <laughs> That's called vacation. You can rent an uh, Airbnb. <laughs> can we vacation next year, did they say? I'm not. Is vacation canceled? No. I, I've got friends of mine that just booked their trips uh, this December for Mexico, and I was like, I just don't feel comfortable yet. Not not from a, a safety or health perspective, just from a, it's going to get canceled. I'm still oh, going yeah. from this spring. My whole team's trip got canceled and we uh, took us, what, almost uh, 120 days to get our money back. And we were lucky That's we crazy. did. Yeah. What it's, I would uh, do with 23 air flight vouchers. <laughs> I'm one of those people setting that up over Christmas, Mr. Andy. So hopefully that happens. <laughs> Yeah, we're looking at, yeah, we're looking at travel in 2021, but we haven't booked anything just, you know, but it would be nice. I think everybody's been so, you know, the coronavirus has changed how people are living and working and uh, all of those things. And people are kind of sick of being cooped up in their house and want to go on vacation, but it's the same thing. Like, you don't know what's going to happen in three months. And so you don't want to book anything. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of crazy, you know, reading the paper internationally, and they were uh, talking about China now saying, oh, we've got the virus under control, and and now our economy is booming, and it's like, I don't know what to trust anymore, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, who, who did this survey? Who did this report, you know? What, what do you guys think as far as um, the coronavirus has done to real estate? I mean, I, I see the biggest change in real estate really is the closings, uh, you know, and how the closings happen. But other than that, I, I mean, there is some that, you know, you got to, I mean, obviously the whole mass thing, but uh, do you think maybe it's, it's maybe slowed down some of the, the traffic at open houses, but in reality, it hasn't, it hasn't really done a lot in my opinion. Yeah. No, I think if anything else, housing is just reiterated the fact that how important it is the investment um, and and how when you feel good about your house, there's so many benefits with that. Like if you feel safe and you feel like your home is providing all the resources you need um, and, and it's affordable and the paint, you know, the payments are nice and low or whatever, however you want to translate that. I think that it's really reiterated how important housing is to everybody. And, and it's not a commodity. It, it's so uh, an integral part of our lives. And it's, it's important to have, the right housing um, for you and your family, you know? So. Well, that really ties into a little bit of what we're talking about today. We're talking about super garages, which um, I think the big question we need to answer today is do Andy and Chris have super garages? Uh, but how can you turn your garage? It's become, it seems like it's becoming more popular to turn your garage into more of a living space or an available space to use for your family. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, garages are a huge thing, and it's kind of interesting that you say that because I just uh, I have a super pole barn um, at our in the, in Prior Lake, and 
I just sold that house and it's, uh, it's going to be a super pain in the, the butt now to do what to do with all your stuff <laughs> that you have. And, uh, you know, so having that and the other thing I did, and I know Andy's had this the whole time and he's always talked to me about it. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do it. But it's the, the garage floor when you do that, that whole epoxy thing. Um, and his floor is like absolutely perfect, but I ended up having two different garage floors done in that. And what a difference that makes to a garage and like, like in Andy's, I know I've been to a few uh, get togethers in his garage and it, it does, it turns it into like the, the party room. For, for sure. And I think that, you know, um, as, as we've seen space just in general, you know, um, as, as, uh, in the new construction industry, I, we called them garage sport courts where now we, when we're building new houses, we have, you know, at least a 12 foot high sidewall. Um, and then we'll vault the center of the garage so they can put a basketball hoop out there. And then they have the garage door openers instead of hanging, going straight back, they have them going up the walls and, you know, using, uh, the driver that's right on the actual screw drive. And so the, even the doors don't get in the way. So that I've seen that very con- more, more than uh, you'd be surprised at how much we've done that. Um, in the garage, the epoxy floors, like I'll just give you an example. In my garage, I have um, uh, the epoxy floors. I have my walls all finished. Um, just like the inside of my house, I have my ceilings are knocked down. Um, I have the uh, floor drains. I have hot and cold water out there. Um, I have everything painted like the inside of my house. Um, I have theme lighting around the uh, the entire garage. So I can, depending on what kind of a party you're having, my LED lights change colors. Um, so you can have your, you know, fall party, you can have your Christmas party. Um, it's heated. This yeah. is a live picture of Andy's garage. <laughs> Just kidding. This is from yeah. house. Hey, my neighbor's still sleeping behind the bar there. <laughs> I, you have a cool garage. And I think that what you have, this is, this picture is a little bit more high end, um, than what most people would do with their garage, I'm assuming. Uh, it does have that vaulted component yep. that you were talking about. Is that something that people can actually do within an attached garage? Yeah, they got a broken rail on that garage. You can see it on the far end there. But um, the, uh, yeah, see it hanging out there? Yeah. Yeah, disconnected. Um, but that's exactly what we're talking about, where the roof uh, snugs up, um, goes up the wall. And then right on the, if you look to the far left of the photo, You'll see a gray box at the top of the garage door. That's the garage door opener right on the drive. Oh, right here. Yep. Yep. Right there. So it, it's pretty cool stuff. You can, you can make those spaces usable. Now, now here's for a, an example. Let's say that you're on a lake and you have a limited amount of space that you can actually build, or you're on a smaller lot and you do want to have that overflow three time a year, two time a year, whatever party space. Um, and, you know, like, like we do. But, but here's what's crazy about it. The amount of money that I've spent on my garage exceeds what it costs to finish the inside of your house. You know, I mean, because you look at the, because uh, it's exterior, right? So you have all these extra things that you have to do that are, are extreme weather condition proof. Um, and they don't let you count it as finished square footage. It's like I said, I've got a, over a thousand square foot garage that I spent more money on that than I did on my office, for an example, and, or invested, invested. Um, but you know, the, uh, you know, but the idea there is, is that it is, it's, it's the only thing I don't have out there is AC, but, um, anyway, it's probably something you see yourself using more in the winter than the summer. Yep. 
Well, I have a lot of, actually, it's interesting. I have a lot of friends that park their cars outside. <laughs> I mean, the garage is to keep them, you know, especially in Minnesota, but they, they park their cars outside so they can enjoy their, you know, their man cave. Yeah. So how common do you guys think it is now that that coronavirus hit? If people are looking to expand their space, do you think that that the garage is the perfect place to do that if you're if you're not ready to buy a new home? You can definitely separate your house. I mean, even when it comes to to set when it comes to selling, you know, by adding adding a nice uh, you know extra car garage or a you know, uh, add on to the garage or do a, just a separate one. Um, it makes a huge difference. And what it does is it differentiates yourself as well in the market. What are, what would you guys say foundationally are the things that you can do to improve your garage right away? Is it like the floor and the lighting? Yeah. You, you want it just like a basement. You got to start behind the sheetrock. So you're going to, if you're going to add any speakers, uh, if you're going to wire anything for, you know, um, I think it's kind of fun to have some neon, you know, regardless if it's, you know, beer signs or ice cream signs or your favorite Ferrari, you know, sign you want to have in your garage. I think it's kind of cool. Adds a fun element to the garage. Um, lighting is going to be a key thing. So if you're using your garage uh, to showcase your new Corvette and you literally want to have lights on it, well, you got to think ahead a little bit. But for the most of us that aren't going to quite that level, we just want to have that overflow space. Almost like that, hey, pull the, pull the car out, let the kids go out there in the winter and ride their bikes around the garage. Um, that, you, you can literally just clean your garage out, um, throw the heater in there, insulate it. Um, and uh, I, I like I like everything sheetrocked. Um, I think it just does that much more for the garage. But um, And then have the music. Because I'll tell you what, those kids will go bananas out in a garage when they have music blasting and they can ride around and nobody's yelling at them if they spill something. And you know what I mean? It's just, it's a fun place to go be kids or, or like Chris's buddies. <laughs> there you go. I think, I think that flooring too is so important. Yeah. The epoxy flooring, it just makes it look so much bigger and cleaner and not like a garage. Right. I like how this one has, you can see that they've got the, the HVAC in there, but then just like you said, add a little fun element to it. They have the flooring, they have the drains. Um, but I like how they finished all the walls. And I know Chris, you've said before that you would never, you would never live in a house again that didn't have painted garage walls or finished garage walls. Um, and that's pretty easy to do, isn't it? Oh, for sure. And I, I, I'll tell you what, this one is using great storage. I mean, air, where area where the storage is not getting used typically, but to have that storage above there and it's, it's neat and it's clean. That's a, uh, that's a nice little thing right there. A lot of people yeah. are using those those pulley systems now as well. Yeah, they're really cool where they drop them down and you can actually, they'll drop them down to your level and pick them back up. I, I do want to caution people though that you want to follow your local building codes with regarding heating and, and uh, cooling those areas. Like for example, in that exact garage there, you see there's a cold air return and that's against the rules um, in Minnesota because it can suck in um, gases that have, you know, uh, you know, flame, fl flammable um, gases, and then it ignites and blows up on you. Um, so you got to be careful. And that may not be what I'm seeing, but I'm guessing that's what it is. But you have to have, um, just because you have the old furnace doesn't mean you can just throw it out in the garage. It needs to have an air source that's not touching the gas, um, obviously. So they, 
Um, the brand I like is the uh, Resnor or the hot dog, hot dog, as it says on the side. And then it, it blows through a coil, like almost like a radiator. And there's a fan in the back and it's super safe. Um, there's no opportunity for error because um, it's a concealed system. And you can, it looks like you can get those at Fleet Farm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These are, these are the heaters that Andy's, I think this is what you were. Yeah, that's, a, that's exactly right. That's, that's a unit that we're talking about there. There's a, uh, you know, the air blows through there. You can direct the vents. It's really cool. It popped up when I typed in your hot dog search, but I don't think they carry that. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's, H-A, it's H-A-W something T, like hot dog. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hot dog. There you go. Yeah. Home Depot, that's where you can get them. And the um, you can actually order, I did see the other day, you can order those custom neon signs to say whatever you want them to say on Etsy. And I'm there's, sure there's- I have that exact looking unit in my garage. And yeah, I, I've had well. that for 18 years, knock on wood, maintenance free, um, fires up every spring or every winter. And then uh, we have the thermostat out there too. Just remember thermostat placement is very important too. Um, if you put it down on the floor, or down where like I have higher steps and that's the only thing I regret kind of doing is I put my thermostat up on the top of the steps so it gets warmer and then the, the floor is a little cooler. So then you start looking at, hey, do we want to put fans out there, ceiling fans? And I think it's it's a great idea. It just depends on ceiling height that you get in the garage too. And then at that point, I mean, what's, what type of garage door opener you use? I just did, we've got um, 14 foot ceilings in this one house and we did the garage doors that go straight up and it's unbelievable how much space it opens up in that garage. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think of um, turning your, ooh, ooh, you guys have to see this one. This floor is beautiful in this garage. I mean, it looks like a professional space. If you didn't, if you didn't see the garage door opener right there, you wouldn't really think it was a, it was a garage. There, there's a guy I follow on uh, Facebook, Hag Concrete, H-A-G-E, and I've never used the guy. I'm not endorsing him, but man, does he have some cool pictures. They, uh, they actually have uh, their local Minneapolis company, and man, some of their projects they do are just ridiculous. Yeah, there you go. Um, Instagram. Yeah, well, I don't know. What, yeah, I thought it was Facebook, but. Um, the in the inside the garages they do that marbling effect on concrete too, so it's not just epoxy. It's it's everything from marbling to you know there you go garage floors there you go, kind of fun. But there's a lot of resources, lots of great companies out there. Um, you know, I, like I said, it's kind of fun to follow as you get inspired. You know, getting on those Pinterest and the other and and just kind of um, you know have that uh, that plethora of ideas coming at you so that you can make. You know, the, I don't know, in my old house, I had a, back when I was a young kid, I was working for a company, I was a lumber wholesaler. So I would actually call on lumber yards, right? And so we had um, a couple of our big uh, lumber yards would sell maple floors, which is basically the gymnasium floors, um, you know, for gyms. And so they would always, we had this huge machine that was called a whole tech machine and they'd have 16 footers and the lumber yard say, we only want 14 footers. So the, the, the wholesale lumberyard would take this machine and literally cut the pallet and we'd have all these two foot boards and they would like throw them away and people would burn them for firewood. And I'm like, wait a minute, I've got a great idea. So I did my whole garage with that throwaway lumber and oh my God, it was the coolest 
I had everybody coming in and ask me where I got my inspiration. Where, and I'm like, this is garbage. Nobody wanted this stuff. And they were going to throw it away. <laughs> do you guys, what do you guys think about, I have a lot of friends that are turning their garage into a workout space. And it's kind of what Chris said. They don't park their car in the garage. They turn it into, they put up the mirrors. They put up the, they put in like the garage flooring, that, that specialized garage flooring, and they turn it into a gym. Yeah. It's using that extra space. And I'll tell you another thing <clears throat> that I've been seeing lately is, you know how you have the garage door off the back? So it's not off the front, so you're not seeing it, but you have a garage door off the back, <clears throat> maybe out to the outside, or if it's on one of your lower garages, like a Span Creek garage, and they do the glass garage doors, just like you see at uh, bars, um, you know, or restaurants that have the garage doors that just open up and then you go out to the patio, but they use those and totally change the use of um, what you can it turns into anything you want it to be at that yeah. point you get tons of light in there as well it's typically those under garages are super dark and so that's a, there you go that that's a great example chris and then you know the other thing i was gonna i think what we should do is as a real estate group here kind of talk about what do you think it does for resale yeah and you know like i was showing houses my uh one of my uh close friends was looking at pretty high-end houses. And we were out um, where we in, went into a couple of these, you know, garage mahals as they call them. And uh, they had the neons and the the lounge chairs and the floors. And the, the one that was the most impressive, I got to be honest with you, was when I walked out there, he did his own epoxy on the floor, which didn't look great, but whatever, it's better than concrete. And then, uh, but the floor, you could walk in your stockings. The floor was heated and they had it jacked up, of course, so that you knew it was heated. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? That'd be so cool. And so usable in Minnesota. Well, you could lay on the floor and change the oil in your whatever. And I'm not that Chris or I would ever do that, but for those, <laughs> you know, for those handy guys, we just like to think we can, but we don't do it. I remember when my, when I, um, my wife now my wife, but was when she was my girlfriend and I went over to their house and their dad, um, was changing the oil of his car in his garage. And I'm like, um, isn't that like people do that, right? <laughs> I mean, I had no clue how to do any of that stuff. And I'm like, no, I, I totally believe that there's people that they're really good at that stuff and you should pay them to do it. My uh, funny story, my father-in-law passed away about six years ago, but he, uh, God rest his soul. He uh, was so funny. He'd come up to me and go, Andy, uh, you know, you got that new riding uh, tractor out there in the garage. Um, you, uh, you put an Amsoil on that. He was a big Amsoil fan, you know? And, uh, I said, um, I don't, I'm not sure. And he goes, well, what are you changing your oil with? And I looked at him and I go, I, I didn't know you had to change oil on these things. I said, I thought you just filled them up when they got low. <laughs> he immediately <laughs> stopped what he's doing. Oh yeah. Immediately jacked up my tractor and says, we're changing it right now. It's, it's nice to have people that know how to do that stuff. Yeah, that was six years ago, and that's about the last time I changed oil. So don't buy my used equipment. I'd never buy anything that I'm selling. Uh, <laughs> what do you think that doing something like this, turning, it's cool, like you turn your whole garage into <clears throat> an extra play space for the kids or a workout space for yourself. What does it do to the value of the house to not have an actual garage on site? like that you would use for cars. Cause I don't think you at, with the stairs and everything, I don't think you could use something like this as a garage. Right. 
I, I think my personal opinion is I think you'd get more money for it if you did something like that than have it as a garage. A lot more because it it will appeal to a lot more people. Typically, a garage appeals to the uh, to someone specific in the family and uh, and not the other. But when you have something like that, I mean that that to me is like a little a guest house, a little party room, um, a storage, super cool storage area, an office, you know, a separate from the house. I mean, just imagine that, Courtney, if you had that. Oh, I would love it, you know, from the, just having small kids and having somewhere to send them to play. That's the sport court is great, but you can't really add, it's hard to add a sport court onto an existing house. So if you can. That's what I was just, that was where I was biting my tongue here. That's exactly (laughs) what we're doing here is we're looking for that recreational space that again, housing needs have changed. And what's really cool about this change in housing needs is that we can do an accessory building. We can do the, as they jokingly were on uh, the insurance company ads, calling it a she shed or a shear shed or uh, uh, an exterior office. Go, go, you Google those areas. And like Chris said, people love that. I would buy a house if it had its own little, like, you know, standalone office with heat in it and windows facing the lake or something like that. That would be, or a studio or whatever you want to call it. Um, what a cool, cool concept. Love it. I did that this, this year, they had built a two level playhouse that was heated for their kids in Iowa. And when coronavirus hit, her husband had to work from home. So they turned that into an office for him out in the backyard. And they liked it so much that they built another structure that was just a standalone office in the backyard because it was separate from the house. So they could work from home, but not feel like they were being constantly interrupted. Yeah. And from an agent who is like really intrigued with marketing, those little types of things are a marketing dream. If you have those and how you can accentuate those and <clears throat> promote those, those kinds of things is, is huge. So yeah, I think uh, if you have the talent and even like Andy, I mean, he gives himself a hard time about, you know, not being able to do some of that stuff, but he's got a real kind of a, a good talent uh, as far as, uh, you know, you're not going to probably hire him, but he can do his own stuff. And, but to create something that can completely turn your whole house around and the value of your house. <clears throat> Agreed. You know, I think, like I think the- there was something to be said there too. One of uh, Mike um, asked a question on Facebook about how do they appraise and how does that affect an appraisal? And I'll tell you what, I lived it myself. I, a few years ago had a deal where, I was trying to lower my interest rate on my, on my mortgage. And I, I, which is a whole fiasco, but anyway, I, I was getting the house appraised, which was, I was pleasantly surprised. And I got mad at the guy. Cause I go, well, why can't you count, you know, certain square footage, like they blow ground square footage. Some appraisers won't even put it into the factor. So, you know, here you have a hundred thousand dollar finished basement. It doesn't affect the value. Um, same thing, you know, and I disagree, but they say from an appraisal perspective, they don't have that in the equation. So garages, same thing. They they put little to no value on that, even though I disagree 100%. Because if you stick 25000 into your garage, I mean, between the heating and the electric and the, all the other things you put in there, let's even say ten grand. Uh, like Chris said, now you have a multifunctional house that people will pay more for. And maybe you can curtsy that cash offer that doesn't have to deal with those jerk appraisers. No offense to anybody listening. Um, and you can actually you know get what you want and pay what you want. Because that's what you should be able to do when they establish market value, right? If people see value in it, they should be able to pay more for it and not have a bank tell you that it doesn't exist or doesn't add value. 
because they're they're crazy. But the appraisal. Oh, go ahead. I'm just going to say the appraisal doesn't determine market value. The appraisal is for the lender to feel right. good about lending money towards that thing. And and I think when when you get to it, and I, I always love that everyone says, well, gosh, it's not going to appraise. Well, so you're going to sell it for less because it's not going to appraise. You don't have to sell it for less. It determines market values determine what a buyer is willing to pay and the seller is willing to uh, sell it for. But obviously, if the buyer needs financing, the bank's got to get involved somehow. And so they're going to appraise it. But that doesn't mean they they it's it's worth less. You know, maybe it might not be right for that that buyer or they got to come up with a different way in which to finance it. But I always get that that, oh, geez, it's it's you know, it's going to sell for too much. Well, that's that's not a problem. Why would you want to take less? <laughs> I mean, work work on the appraisal. And sometimes, yeah. I mean, the the banks might not see that, and the deal might not work out. You might have to negotiate, but uh, I well, don't know. Me, I think that whole appraisal thing. You, is... uh, you know, sticking up for you for just a second. That's why when you hire uh, an agent that specializes in high end properties or luxury properties, that right there, my friends, is the difference. He goes to bat for you. He knows how to get more money. They know what to go for, and that that's why you don't just hire your your kid's brother's cousin and because uh, he's brand new to the business. They, they don't know how necessarily to navigate through those kind of challenges that the market per, can present. And, and a guy like Rooney, not to toot his horn, because Lord knows he toots it enough himself, um, knows exactly what to do to help. <laughs> uh, our buddy Greg is dropping by with a couple of questions this morning. Uh, number one. I had to come. I had to come out in photo because I can't believe he just said that about me. Yeah, he's he's a good egg. <laughs> Chris Rooney has finally joined the show in full capacity this morning. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pretty good, <laughs> Chris. Um, Andy, uh, Greg thought that your your garage was fed with uh, a wood burning burning heater. Uh, no, I apologize if I gave that impression. I do not, but it, I think it's a great idea. You know, especially like a wood pellet or something like that. Um, there's a lot of great alternatives out there to gas. Um, for sure. I mean, put it this way. If I had my retirement home, I, I would have no problem having in-floor radiant heat and having like one of those, um, you know, exterior like wood burners off on the corner of my property that throws that natural heat right up. But then at that time, I'm assuming I'll be worried about my coffee in the newspaper and not have to get the, you know, get to work every day. So, you know, I mean, at that phase of life, I think it'd be fun. Do you need a permit? Greg also wants to know, do you need a permit to alter the garage? structurally for sure but doing sheetrock and i mean if you add electrical or heating you're going to need a permit but uh other than that i mean if you just were to sheetrock it and paint it and and do the floor you're not going to need a permit hey rooney did you uh have you been paying attention to gmc the last couple of days i know okay i have found the perfect car since we're talking about garages and i know you like your electric they have an, a new hummer that they released yesterday that'll be out about this time next year. It's all electric, all electric with a thousand horsepower. And it screams Chris Rooney. I'm really not. I didn't even know this car was electric when I went to go look at it. Just saying. I didn't. (laughs) Would you think it was run on rubber band power? You had to wind up the old rubber bands and. I thought it was good looking. Look at that. There you go. There's your Hummer. Uh, how many uh, miles do you get it's on electric. that thing? 
I have no idea. It hasn't officially come out yet. They just have the prototypes out, I think. I don't know, man, but I'd have that thing logoed up. Prasky all over it. <laughs> you would. You're looking at I love that. I think that truck might be something I have to check out. I think they're cool and they're environmentally friendly, which I know you guys are always, always working to be more, um, reduce your carbon footprint. I just want to feel a thousand horsepower of electric motor. I don't know, Courtney, if you've ever driven an electric car, Never. Like these, you hit the gas and you are like busting the seat. You're going back so fast. Really? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Chris is so funny though. He's the kind of guy, he's so generous. He takes my son one day and he says, Hey, he goes, Connor, come here. He goes, you want to feel something cool? He goes, take this car. And he goes, just hammer it. Go down the street. <laughs> and I think Connor was like 18. And he goes, dad, can I really, can I really go do this? And I'm like, Hey, he gave me the key, bro. And he jumps in there. He still talks about that. You know? So, so super garages traditionally are, are car focused and they, you know, I think these were kind of made popular the first time I remember seeing a super garage was when Jay Leno had that show about his cars. What do you guys think about creating more of a custom space for like a, a car person as opposed to a super garage for a living space? And how does that, I mean, it's cool, but how does that impact your home value if you do something that's a little bit more custom to you? You, you, uh, you have a turntable in your garage there, Courtney? You see that? <laughs> I like that. Andy, no. Yeah, that when you get to this level, this is custom stuff. And I, I don't, I don't, there's no catch all. Like this, you look at these are all, you know, lower profile convertible cars, German, cool. Um, and then you're going to get the next guy that wants to work on four wheelers or the, you know, or the, or the gym, or they just want to ride their bikes around the garage and, and have it be somewhat clean or like the uh, actually, uh, I know Greg is on there, but uh, Brock Lesnar, the the wrestler, has a cabin um, about halfway down Lake Ida from us, and they took a, a garage um, and made it into a gigantic um, on the lake, a gigantic um, six no three stalls wide, um, double doors, all glass, like Chris was talking about, recreational center where he can open those doors up and it's wide open to the lake, and then they shut it. And at night they have the, the signs in there and stuff. So when you're out fishing, you can see this thing across the lake. It's so cool. And it has pool tables and, you know, card tables and, you know, bars. And I mean, it's unbelievable. And it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm still screen sharing. But uh, Mike Ludwig wants to know if Rooney's sitting in his Prius. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, he's not. What are you sitting in? If you could fit Rooney into a it's, Prius, that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, I'd have to fit in it. That's for sure. <laughs> um, oh, wait, no, I can use Prius with Tesla. Yeah, there's a little difference. But anyways, um, one thing, uh, what I wanted to say about that garage and that super garage that you were just showing is yeah. that, and Andy and Andy hit on it, was that people that can afford that type of thing, you're, you're never going to get your money back from that. Because the people that can afford that type of thing are going to want it their own way. So they'll build their own or build it somewhere else. And so someone coming in to get that, um, when it comes time to resell, that place is going to get an unbelievable bargain on that. There's, there's, there's a certain level that you go, when you go too far, 
Um, you're doing it because you enjoy it and that's what you want and you're not getting your money back from it. But like the picture you just had on before that, that little office out in the shed or creating your um, little, yeah, just little things like that, that makes a, a big impact and it's it's a memorable thing. And we're always looking for houses. What What is the memorable piece? You know, and, and so you can remember it. Oh, that's the one with the the, the uh, workout room in the garage. And you remember that. And then you can kind of, then you start justifying the other things where there was only two bedrooms upstairs and you wanted three, but gosh, there's two downstairs and it's a bigger bedroom. And now my kid can go down there because they're thinking about that little extra what garage area that's so cool. One. The last one, this one? Yeah. yeah. So I think is- these are cool. The yeah, those are cool. Now we're getting away from a little bit away from the um, normal. This is like a barn out back behind the house, but this also reminds me of there's several new storage facilities around the Twin Cities that are garages for cars, a man caves or whatever you want to call them, and th- they have the ability where they're taller ceilings, so they will do uh, you know a mezzanine or whatever you want to call that or a deck up high where they have you know chairs and TVs and bars and. You know, I mean, a place to crash if you want to spend the night. But on the main floor, it's all business. It's all like cars and garage and tools. And it's cool. And My neighbors were looking at buying one of those. They are spendy. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, but I'm 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 just a, a mere marketer. You know, let's say you spend a hundred thousand on a on a on a like a man cave, as they call them. Um, that that's not unrealistic. I mean, they're for the Finished, nicely finished. It's you know fifty to one hundred twenty-five thousand for most of those garages. That's so just to finish the inside. And, yeah, if you want a bathroom and a kitchen, and you know. But I think there's different levels of what what you can do. It all depends on if you have the ability to do some of it yourself, and you can scale it. You don't. It's kind of like when we talked about landscaping. You can do it in phases. You don't have to do it all at one time. Right. Yeah, but there's some, there's some, I thought this one was cool. I don't know. It's kind of small, um, but they have safe, their safes are built into the wall. It's very. Uh, For guns, probably gun safes. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's really realistic because there's lots of families where they say you're not bringing the guns in the house. So they, I've had several clients of mine where they have the closet with the humidor in it off of the garage and they keep all of their guns and everything in safes. Um, it's a great, it's a great way to do it, especially if you're a sportsman. And you know you're going to have that stuff, and you want to have a room for it. If I if I built another house, I definitely would have that. I, Rick, when he was doing finishing houses, working in construction, he had a lot, several clients that wanted vaults basically set up with you just custom order the vault door, and then you you build the whole room around it. And um, you know, it's a good way to. Does that add value to your house or no? Yeah, I'll answer for Chris. Yes. I think it does because um, that high-end buyer um, has things they want to be kept safe or away from other people, um, you know, and protected. And I think it does add value for sure. So anything that's know. unique, anything that's unique um, sells and it, it justifies. I mean, it really does. You're not on the screen anymore. Because he's I, eating his ice cream sandwich. <laughs> it, it's, how did you know? Breakfast of you Champions, know, man. You know it's my 8:45 stack. That's right. Well, Abby, Abby jumped in. Abby Tomasoni, uh, who works with Andy, 
And she was commenting on the Hummer for Chris's next vehicle or Andy's. I can't remember who we said was going to get that. Um, starts at $120,000. So definitely not for uh, everybody. And it gets 350 miles per charge, which is actually quite a bit compared to how much does your Tesla get? How many miles? Oh, mine is like 285, but there's there's other ones that are more now. Because um, mine's, mine's a little of the... It's a little older. I've had it for five years now. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's really good. I still have that fear of having that much electricity in you. And then you drive in the rain and just getting the crap zapped out of you. Is your driving? Just- yeah. I, I think they, happened, Chris? I think they figured that out, Andy. I don't Chris, think Chris specifically wears a rubber uh, jumpsuit when he drives his around for safety. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> so there's no current. This was a good, this was a good topic. It's different than what we normally talk about, but still like, I think it's interesting to people, especially right now when they're looking to get more footage out of their house. Absolutely. There we go. It's not, there we go. I had the transition down and then it screwed up on me. Um, So we have questions from last week. Do all new mechanicals make an impact on the sale of your home? Okay, you want, I'll start. Uh, it, it depends. Um, obviously, it can only help, but is it like dollar for dollar or do you get twice as much? Um, it, everyone expects that the mechanicals are going to be working when you when you go in to buy a house. Um, if they were, you know, five to 10 years old and then you replaced them, I, I'm not so sure how much it would help you. But if they were uh, a lot older, um, you might get, you know, I don't know, 50% on on that kind of thing. So you spend $8,000, maybe it's worth 4000 more. In some cases, maybe it's worth a, a heck of a lot more if that's the only thing that's bad in the house. And then you add them and then it's like, gosh, it's this is turnkey. And so they have no worries. You, Andy? Yeah, I think that it depends on the price point you're in. Um, you know, there's um, where, where people are buying houses and they're they're kind of, you know, pushing their comfort level with the payment. Um, well, they're new buyers and they don't have a lot of extra spare cash. Um, appliances become very important um, that they're going to get, you know, five to 10 years of life out of them. And I think that, you know, I wouldn't replace or recommend replacing anything if you think you can get five to 10 more years of life out of something. Um, have a certified, um, you know, mechanical uh, HVAC system person come out or plumber or whatever, and, and kind of give that projection of life on there um, just to say, hey, it's it's got a clean bill of health. It, it operates properly and looks good, should operate for another five to 10 years. Then I wouldn't touch it. On the other hand, if it's literally on its last leg and you've lived there for 23 years and the furnace is literally coughing every time it turns on, um, I would recommend that you make the investment to have that furnace replaced um, before you list the house, because otherwise it's going to be a problem and you're going to be negotiating. And, and it's amazing to me how some people think a furnace is three grand and some people think it's 20,000. So you want to, if you want to stay in control of the sale, then you make that decision. And then we can advertise that as something like, Hey, brand new HVAC system, ready to go, high energy efficiency, you know, so it adds a lot of pluses to the, to the column um, versus adding minuses and, and hesitation and what else didn't they update? And what else didn't they fix? And then you start sliding down that slippery slope of, 
you know, the what else didn't they do? Um, that's my opinion. Yeah, that, and I think no, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, is that a pretty common concern for buyers that are looking at existing homes, whether how old the systems are? Because yes, because of expenses. A lot of people don't have the money. You know what I mean? What they do is they they have enough to be able to put a down payment down and pay their closing costs, but they don't have enough money to be able to afford a new furnace and a new water heater if it goes bad. So another way in which to add to that is to, you know, get them certified, you know, so they feel comfortable, then add a warrant, a home warranty onto it. So these people can feel like, geez, if it does break down, you know, whatever. But a lot of times other people also think, sellers think that that's um, an upgrade. And really what mechanicals are is maintenance it's you have to you have to have those things you know um upgrades are that garage and you redid the garage to be able to make money but typically new mechanicals and stuff are hey that's just what it is you got to have a furnace that works and an ac that works and a water heater that's not going to fall apart yeah that's maintenance Greg wants to know, um, Douglas County bought Pilgrim's Point and is turning it into a county park and swimming beach. How much impact will that have on lakeshore values? Wow. You know, I uh, read that article here. um, I think it was the last time we were up at the lake around Labor Day. And um, that, uh, what an interesting project. There was an individual that approached the, so those of you that are listening that don't know, Pilgrim's Point was a gigantic um, like it's a beautiful peninsula and one of the most prestigious lakes in Alexandria on Lake Ida. I mean, you have 20 feet of clarity at sometimes of the year. It's unbelievable. And this sandy, beautiful wooded point was owned by uh, a, a Christian um, Bible camp kind of group. And they just couldn't make it function or make it operate or, or whatever. So <clears throat> they found an individual that would allow them to, they bought, and I think it's on the south side of the bay they're gonna they're picking up like 15 or 20 lots and then they're offsetting it by the county giving them a million dollars and they're giving them like a bunch of stuff for free um they swapped land for utilities and for approval where it never would have been normally approved so they now they're having single family lots on one side and a county park on the other i think it's kind of cool because you know everybody in that area that lives on that lake utilizes that point um, you know, a lot of people like to pull up and just, cause it's such a pretty all sand, no weeds. I'm not kidding you guys. You can go out like to 15 feet of water and there's no weeds. It's all sand. It's unbelievable and just beautiful. And so it's, it's one of those mother nature gifts. I think is kind of cool that they're allowing it to stay as a County park so that even the people on the lake can go and anchor and enjoy that space on a windy day kind of keeps you out of the, the wind. So I don't know if I answered his question or not. Uh, well, he's wondering how it will impact values. I, I think it won't affect it. I think if anything else, the the lots that are on the south end, which I've been trying to get my thumb on, apparently the tile guy, I'm not sure, Greg probably knows who he is. There's the tile guy in town there and Alex that put this whole deal together. He's he's never developed before, but he, you know, so I've, I tried to research it and then I kind of lost interest because usually when you have to ch- chase deals down like that, they get so expensive. Also, they want 500,000 for a hundred foot lot or something ridiculous. It's going to have to be because that land sold for a lot of money. Well, and and if that's the case, I was just say I don't know nothing about that lake, but if the case is that these are going to be you know upper scale type homes, that's only going to help the rest of the values on that house or right. on that lake for sure. Right. Yep. 
Mike, uh, Mike dropped a question. Is it smart to fix up and finish a garage in an average house? In other words, is it hard to get your money back out of your investment into that garage? I don't, I don't think so. I think I, if, I don't either. Yeah. I think if you did a nice job of even insulating it, sheetrocking it, um, you know, taping it up, it really depends on your version of, of what level you finish it to. But you know, if you got a buddy or two that can help you tape it up, insulate it, um, put some cool lights in there. And then I'd do my own epoxy on the floor, throw a heater in there myself, um, keep it under, you know, five grand, maybe four or five grand. I think that that'll actually, again, amplify the sale of that house because I think it'll just, you know, make more people excited to want that house. Yeah. Garages I, are a big deal right now. Yeah. If it's a, if it's a three bedroom, one bath with a two car garage, you know, in Richfield and you have a three bedroom, one bath, two car garage, but a super cool garage in Richfield, um, you're going to price them both at two ninety nine nine, but you might get someone really fighting over the one and, and then pushing it up. Now, in that case, you have to watch out for the appraisals because typically people that are buying first time homes don't have the money to, um, you know, cover that gap. So it might make it a lot more sellable and they'd probably choose yours, but uh, I don't know how much you're going to get, how much return on the investment. Now, if you go up to a little, a uh, little uh, larger price point, um, it might help you out a lot. Well, that not only that, but then also having the um, the uh, when you look at how long you're going to live there when you do those improvements. If you live there for five to ten years, who cares? You'll you'll blow five grand on going to Cancun with your your significant other, you know. And <laughs> I mean, and this would give you something you could enjoy every day. I think this would be a great invest personal investment, like. Like Chris was talking earlier, even though we're not the big shots per se with the multi-million dollar house, this is an example of where you could spend money that you don't really care if you get a return because you really get the return. You're the one getting the return. It's the enjoyment factor. Yeah. Awesome. Next question. How does buyer agency work? (laughs) Okay. I don't know. (laughs) What is that? What is that? Yeah. Uh, buyer agency is something that we have in real estate that we're, we have the ability as realtors to represent uh, the buyers where the seller ends up, um, the seller's agent ends up usually uh, sharing the commission uh, with someone. Uh, you do have to have a contract in place. There's a thing called agency relationships in a real estate transaction where we have to basically give buyers and sellers uh, their rights, you know, and, and how this whole thing works. And then uh, you'd sign an exclusive right to represent or a non-exclusive right to represent uh, with the buyer that just outlines how how we're working for them and what their obligations are uh, with us as well. And it basically puts you on the same team. You know, some people are, oh, I don't want to sign that. You know, I don't want to sign that agreement. Well, you're not represented until you do sign that agreement. You know, some agents might work without it and and do it, but it's a you're you're on a slippery slope if you're doing that. If you're representing someone, you say you're representing them without a signed contract. I was going to say, Chris, because that's exactly right. You know, we ask those people, do you represent the the client coming through the door? Because there's a lot of people that have variable rate commissions where if they don't represent that person coming through the door, why let them through? Because if they're not going to represent them on the offer, why would you let somebody through your house? Why don't you let them call the listing agent, deal directly with them, you know, or, you know, like a lot of times with uh, investors, the other concept, that interesting concept, back in the mid-2000s, we had a lot of investors that would come in and be non-exclusive right to represent, meaning that 
you know, there's multiple agents working for them at the same time that are trying to feed them investment properties or, you know, apartments or whatever. So you're going to get paid on what you show them and you're representing them on what you're showing them or presenting to them. But on the other hand, if they buy a place down the street that you didn't know about, you're not necessarily going to know about it or get paid on it. It has nothing to do with you, in other words. So that was an interesting way. I didn't mind that market because then I didn't feel so obligated to, um, if I'd find something, I'd bring it to them right away. They'd buy it. Great. You got paid on it. On the other hand, though, you know, there wasn't that urgency because they've got 15 people working for them. So, you know, you, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. It's just a waste of time. You know, and it's, it's I think it's a waste of time for a buyer as well. And I think it's a lot harder. You know, if you're getting calls from a bunch of different people and, you know, the whole theory that, oh, I'm going to get it for less if I don't use an agent. It's just, I think that's a fallacy too. So. Well, it's, it's not true. I mean, most agents, when you contact them directly and you try to cut the deal because there's no agent being paid, they don't, they don't realize that that seller is still paying a full 6% commission to that listing agent. And they're just getting to keep the whole thing instead of having to negotiate. So unless mm-hmm. you go after that agent and say, hey, I'll come in non-represented, which they can't do because it's, you're not getting paid. The the seller's paying the the agent. So it's a weird situation. You know, it's just one of those things where you're better off, in my opinion, uh, making sure you're crossing the T's, dotting the I's, having someone that can guide you properly, allow them to make a fair commission for the amount of time that they put in, um, you know, and and um, I don't know. I think I think it's the best bet because you, you make money in real estate when you buy, not when you sell. And, and so if you don't buy right, you, you buy wrong because you thought you'd do something on your own. That's where I see most people make mistakes, you know, and then they come back to an agent later and say, hey, can you help me get out of this mess? That's a, that's why you should work with an agent that has quite a bit, you know, has experience and works full time in real estate and doesn't do just one or two transactions a year. Well, and think about this. Let's say that. So you take a guy like Greg who knows everybody in Alexandria and his neighbor walks over and says, hey, I want to buy or I'll sell you my place, Greg. Greg says, hey, I want to buy it. You know, you can hire a real estate agent to be a facilitator. Or he could call me and say, hey, Andy, for 1% of the purchase price, I want you to help us write everything up, do all the contracts, help us negotiate this out, make sure that it closes correctly and line us up with a nice title company. And, and it's done all the time, guys. And so you don't have to have these rules where you feel like you're getting trapped. Sit down with an agent and tell them what you really want or what services you need and let them you know, set the service fees at what the level that you, you need. You, know? it's, you don't have to be full boat or nothing. I don't think a lot of people know that. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think they do either. Especially if you've never bought or sold before or bought before. Uh, Awesome. Any final thoughts on today's topic, guys? I say go for it if you want to. I mean, because the other thing about the garage is um, you'll enjoy it while you have it, you know. So I say say it's great. I think it serves multiple multiple purposes and – I don't know. I, I, I love the epoxy floor. Do the epoxy floor for sure. Then you'll really get excited about your garage. Agreed. I think that those are those improvements right now are great improvements to make, especially if you're going to hold tight for a little while. But I'll tell you, call a local agent, have them come out and say, "Hey, um, Andy, Chris, whoever, uh, what do you think about this? Um, I'm thinking about sticking, you know, this many dollars into my garage. Do you think it'll hold long term as a good investment?" And most real estate agents love to have a cup of coffee and a donut or, you know, cookie, whatever. And they love talking to you anyway, and they love real estate. So they're going to come out there and they're going to guide you. 
um, you know, and expect nothing from it. Just, you know, getting the chance to get in front of you again. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, when you're doing those improvements, um, keeping in mind, make sure that you, you, you think from the studs out, because I think that that's something that when you get done and the sheetrock's all done and you say, oh, I really wanted to do speakers. Well, I mean, you can always do wireless, but it's not the same, you know? So just making sure that you, you know, make a plan and methodically start from the naked studs all the way out, get everything behind the sheetrock. You can't insulate properly. And I think you'll have a much, much better experience, especially if you have to phase it. Like if you can't afford to do it all at once. I've, I've, I've never gotten a donut at a listing appointment yet. I have. Hey, Rudy, <laughs> last year I got you that. Remember I lined up that deal last year over on the northeast side of town and I got us a free sandwich. What? When? Oh, yes, you did. That's yeah. true. See, I wheel and deal, man. You are amazing. You guys, you guys don't bring cupcakes to your listing appointments? We are the cupcakes. <laughs> no, I, I joke, but um, no, it's kind of funny. We, we, this was, you know, we're, there was, um, anyway, I'm not supposed to talk about it because it was a confidentiality deal, but we had this really cool guy that was really But he's going to. <laughs> but I'm going to anyway. Since nobody's listening. We'll, uh, just between us friends. Um. And he, he had this favorite little sandwich shop and he was so impressed with it. He's like, I know you guys always talk about sandwiches. He was a, he was a listener of our show on CCO. And, and he said, so I bought you guys a couple of these sandwiches so we could have lunch and talk real estate. I'm like, okay, cool. It was awesome. Kind of fun. Change the dynamics of the meeting a lot. Cause when you break bread with people, you relax and you slow down a little bit and then you can actually let your human side come out versus all business, business, business. And uh, I thought it was, I thought it was a very nice way to, to have a meeting. That's something we do too. When we do in-person long strategy sessions with our clients, it's food is always on the menu because when people's blood sugar gets low, their ability to process information is, is not as high and they get crabbier. So food is always good to have. That's for sure. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. This was another great show. Uh, again, you can visit us on the web at realestateradiohour.com. Be sure to like and follow our page. Give us a share if you are so inclined. Check us out on your favorite podcast provider. Um, if you are willing to, we'd love to get a review from you because reviews are the lifeblood of us being able to grow this show. If you have questions or recommendations for future guests on the show. We'd love to hear from you. Share them with me, Courtney at AmplifyUp.com. And until next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you. See ya. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.